Eagle Nation. You're listening to Gotta Talk, a podcast dedicated to all things Georgia Southern football. Now, here's your hosts, Matt Monty and Cody Anderson. Eagle Nation, welcome to season four of Gotta Talk. Cody, can you believe that it's been four seasons already? No, 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 no. I cannot believe that it's been four seasons already, but um, I know that you and I both itching to get into a lot of subjects, not just football subjects. Um, I know that we plan on talking about some basketball, football. Um, That's probably yeah. it. <laughs> maybe ba- well, yeah, for maybe the most baseball, part, baseball, but yeah, we, we, we maybe promised golf, we, maybe yeah. some other things. We promised yeah, basketball but, in our last episode. We had some people talking about it. No, we're not changing our format or anything like that. We are still a George Southern <laughs> football podcast. Um, and yeah, that, as we've been for three seasons now, but it is the off season. Um, you know, the, there is plenty to talk about just in the world of football, but, uh, you know, I think it is fair, uh, to, you know, spend a little bit of time on basketball. We'll see where the conversation takes us. Um, as usual, Cody, yeah. and I have no plan. Yeah. Um, and you know, no, life, no life has been incredibly busy, uh, with, uh, with just work life and personal life and Cody, you've, you've got a, a baby on the way. And I do for the first time, not during football, season. not during football season. <laughs> so, so good job uh, planning that out. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and I then, just feel sorry for the people around us for season tickets because there's going to be three kids there now. And so it's a lot of noise or two. under, yeah. under four, under three. Yeah. No, under four. Be, yeah. Uh, gosh. Yeah. There'll be three under three until October and then the oldest one will turn four. Gotcha. Yeah, you're cranking them out. Yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what but, can I say? Yeah. So, I mean, you'll you'll have you'll have a whole uh, you'll have a whole section there for. I mean, you, you you've you've got like eleven season tickets. Uh, eight. Eight. eight I think. Yeah, I think it's. Right, eight. So you got some, you got some room to grow. I got some room. I got some room. So yeah, I mean, a lot of things going on. I guess some big news. I'll I'll announce to our to our podcast group. Uh, we, uh, not we, uh, Cody's not going with me last time I checked. No, I'm not going uh, with I am you. moving to Colorado. <laughs> I got a job opportunity out there and next month I will be moving, uh, with my fiance and our dog out to Colorado, uh, Boulder, Denver area. Um, and yeah, so what does that change about the podcast as of right now? Nothing. Um, you know, we'll continue to do it. Uh, obviously Cody's in Statesboro. Um, I'm here in Orlando where I'll be for the next month. And then, uh, you know, a little bit of a time difference. But other than that, uh, nothing will really change. Um, you know, still hoping to make. Which may actually benefit considering I like to do this. At you like to do it. Yeah. Eleventh well, hour. Yeah. 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 So instead of yeah. doing 11 o'clock. Um, right. We, we, we can do nine. It'll be perfect. Yeah, for an you. acceptable time where I'm not getting yelled at. And, <laughs> yeah. It's going to it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be good. Um, so. So, you know, and as, as far as making games and stuff, obviously not driving distance anymore. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, a short flight. Cody, I expect you to pick me up from Savannah Regional Air airport and uh, you know and uh yeah so i'm hoping to at least make the one probably one starting off to to two uh you know home games a year as i'm accustomed to um and then also you know some of the 
some of the road games that we have coming up, uh, starting you have a BYU. Game so we got, yeah, years. we'll have BYU in a couple years. We got Boise in a couple years next year. Uh, I think that's the, probably the, the first big road trip that I'll take from the new jumping off point, Nebraska, Nebraska, just a short oh, yeah. seven and a half hours away from Denver. Um, so, uh, make that lovely drive and go see Lincoln, Nebraska. Cause why not? And, uh, and yeah, so, so, so that should be good. Um, but looking forward to it. Yeah. As, as far as it goes right now, obviously, you know, Cody with the baby on the way and, and you know, I am transitioning into the new job and, and all that, but we're, uh, we're dedicated to bringing you this podcast as always, um, you know, getting through season four and beyond just with some changes, you know, a lot, a lot of things going on, um, you know, behind the scenes, but, uh, we, uh, we enjoy doing it. It's kind of an escape for us. It's a chance for us to, to, talk we just was you know talked for an hour and a half before this you know uh, just <laughs> forcing us to kind of catch up on, on not just football but life and uh and yeah it's a it's a good time so um without further ado i guess cody let's get into the episode um and okay. let's start with basketball i guess right so uh yeah. this was something that we had several listeners reach out about and uh obviously a lot of changes uh this year um you know not just with the changes that everyone went through with, with, with COVID, but we were one of the, the few teams in the country, um, right. That went through a coaching change, um, you know, yep. this year, uh, bringing in Brian Berg, obviously with, uh, Mark Byington, uh, leaving the program, going to, uh, James Madison university. And that was kind of right at the, you know, uh, the beginning, the beginning of the of pandemic, COVID. right? Yeah. So, yeah. so, you know, and also the beginning of Binko's tenure at AD, I mean, it was a whirlwind. Yeah, yeah, it was. We did the episode about the new AD and probably what we wanted to see and so forth and so forth. And neither one of us ever would have thought that the first thing that he really would have to deal with would have been a, a men's basketball head coaching search. No, and I, I promise you, if you ask him, he did not want to deal with that. Right. Um, no. But I mean, probably, you know, at, at Georgia Southern, I'd say you could argue maybe baseball, but but second most important hire, probably. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it's 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 a big it is a money maker. You know, the program is growing. Uh, you know, some out conference is very competitive, more competitive than SOCOM. We'll kind of touch on that. Um, and, and yeah, it's a super important hire. We, you know, are now looking, uh, you know, announcements, I think, uh, I guess are out about a new, um, home for, for, for basketball, for uh, yes. men's and women's basketball, I believe volleyball as well. I would think indoor arena, um, that I, I want to call it the new Hanner, but essentially it's going to be the new Hanner. We don't know what it's going to be called yet, but, um, yeah. So, so that's, Convention that's huge. Convention Center. Is that the official name? name. <laughs> No, no, it's just the fancy name they've been given. Oh, it. Convention, convention Center. Center. Yeah, because it's going to be multi-purpose, like right? You have everything, yes. which would be great. I mean, you know, obviously Statesboro is growing. It's needed. it's needed. It really is. I mean, you go to you know being here in Orlando, right? I used to tell people um, that one of the big things holding us back, facility-wise, wasn't so much the football stadium; it was the basketball arena. It just was. I mean, I loved Hainerfield House. I covered games there. I attended games as a student. It's it's a fantastic place to watch a basketball game i think it's a terrifying place to cover one up there in the press box um yeah. on like a 80 you know 85 degree uh incline but um <laughs> it's it's you know it's it's almost like a, a a mini cameron indoor stadium however um or field house however it was needed, you know, a new conference yeah. we've been in for, for years now. It, we, we needed an upgrade. You look at Orlando, uh, you know, what's my point with, um, I don't know what they call it now, but, uh, 
I think it's named after a bank, UCF's arena. Um, it's it's a huge. I mean, you you look at it. It's almost like where the uh, Gwinnett Gladiators used to play. You know, I, I don't even know what that's called anymore. Uh, it used to be called Gwinnett Arena. It's about. It looks like that. It's 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 awesome from the outside. It's got a ton of room. You can have concerts in there. You can have, um, you know, minor league hockey. You know, all all, all this kind of stuff. And we need something like that. I mean, you know, we should be looking at the UCFs of the world and compete and competing with them when it comes to facilities, you know, well, not only that, but you also had Georgia state also getting a new arena yeah. too. So in order just within, just within conference, conference. And within state yeah. and within state itself, you need to keep up your amenities and, and your, uh, your buildings and your facilities and, and ensure that when it comes to recruiting, you can sit there and say, Hey, look, man, we do have this brand new, a uh, facility here that is going to be the the basketball arena and weight room or whatever else they're going to add to it and so forth and so on. So, you know, as as much as it is a benefit to the town of Statesboro and to the college, it's also going to be a huge recruiting factor going forward over the next few years. Yeah, men's and women's basketball, right, and and yes. volleyball, yep. all all of this. You know, it's it's not just about the men. So, um, you know. Yeah, uh, and and we get we can touch on the women's team too because I mean you know they're they're doing great things as well. But um, so with uh, starting with basketball, starting with the men's team, thirteen and thirteen overall, five hundred, um, seven and nine in the conference. Uh, they, you know, it was c- kind of an up and down year. Obviously, you know, first year under Brian Berg, um, ragtag team. You know, I mean, you're, you're talking about just like literally working. I don't want to say with nothing. I'm not trying to put down the kids in any way, but I mean, we lost a lot of people. There was, uh, you know, obviously we lose, um, you know, I guess what, two years ago now, Tukey Brown, then we lose Ike, um, then just kind of had a mass exodus right after Byington left. And the, the cupboard was pretty much bare, you know, uh, re- really the, the only what returning starter was uh, Elijah McCadden. Right, that, uh, that yeah. Bergen so, Aaron. you only had you only had two scholarship players when everything was said and done. That's how bare. I mean, that's really how what it was down to uh, was two scholarship players, I believe. I think one, maybe five one players starter. overall. Yeah. Yep. And you know, he gets hired in the middle of a pandemic. The NCAA has shut down recruiting for the most yeah. part. You can't have any in person recruiting. No visits. Everything is either Skype, Zoom. FaceTime, whatever you want to call it, um, all virtual. You can't, you, you don't have a chance to meet anyone in person and, and until they get on campus, until they've they've committed to you. Um, I don't even think they probably even had their first practice until they were able to officially have their their, I guess you can call it their fall camp or their um, preseason um, practices. But he put together in a short amount of time a team that really had no players to a, to a full starting collegiate team, all virtual. Um, and to myself to say that to, to be 500 at the end of that season is, is almost a miracle to be honest with you. Yeah. It was a ragtag team. I mean, you're talking about Juco players, you're talking about division two players. You know, I'm not saying that these kids lack talent in any way. You had a lot of, oh, you no, had a lot of European players. You had some players from Russia. You had some, you know, a, a kid from London, England, you know, but I mean, it, it was very much kind of like a, a Frankenstein, uh, you know, just throwing a team together to, to be able to put something out on the floor. 
obviously you're going to lack chemistry. Obviously you're going to, you know, you're going to lack that, you know, that trust. Um, and, and also that buy-in, you know, you're, you're working through that buy-in and learning coach Berg's not only system, but his philosophy and just the way he wants to play. Right. Almost in the moment and personality, and personality, all that in the moment as you're playing games. So like you can say what you will about starting the season easy with Florida national and coastal Georgia and, uh, you know, uh, USC upstate and, and Carver. I think we played them what twice. Right. Um, and, and yes, you know, we, we, we won all those games, and they were, you know, quote unquote, cupcake opponents or, or lower division opponents. We needed those because like we, we were taking some players from schools like that, you know, and and also just trying to find that chemistry and trying to find that buy in and, and just learn how to play the game the right way and play together. Um, and, you know, you're not you're not going to really learn that through the course of the season. Um, and I, I think I think looking at the results it shows that, you know, where it was a little bit of a Jekyll and Hyde where, you know, on, on one night, you know, obviously with COVID and, and the, the shortened season um, with the, the conference schedule, you have the back-to-back games right against, uh, you know, mm-hmm. either home or away um, against conference opponents to, to uh, reduce traveling and, and obviously uh, reduce the spread. Reduce contact. Yeah, contact, yeah. all that. So – and you saw a lot of you look at a lot of these results, and you know we, you uh, lose the first one against South Alabama, beat them the second time, lose two straight to to uh, App State, then you had got Troy, you uh, end up sweeping them uh, first in overtime, and then uh, winning the next game um, in Statesboro, sixty three to fifty six, but uh, split with South Alabama the second time, had one game uh, canceled against. Uh, Coastal, um, yeah, split split the first series with Coastal, had the third game canceled, lost the, the fourth game against them, split the season finale against App State at home in Statesboro, had a heartbreaker, 78-84, to 84, um, double overtime loss um, in Statesboro on February 26th, uh, turned around, ended up winning the season finale against App State, 65-57, to 57, before dropping the first game of the Sun Belt tournament to Arkansas State, Another close one, sixty-two to fifty-eight, um, and one that we had what a big uh, first half lead, I believe, right? And and we and you saw that a couple times where we we were either battling back, um, uh, you know, or uh, you know, clawing our way back, or have a pretty solid lead. Saw that against uh, Georgia State, you know, got swept swept by them this year, um, and uh, and then they end up taking you know dominating the second half. Yeah, I to me the biggest thing about the, our basketball team in general on the men's side is that Coach Berg, and I think, I mean, I've already said this once, but Coach Berg took something, really nothing, and turned it into something. And, yes, the the offense had its struggles, but to me this team played really good defense throughout the entire season. Yeah, and that's that's the identity. That's that's, what he wants. And and that's, that's what he wants. And here's the thing about defense. You don't have to be the most talented kid to play really, really good defense. All you need is hustle um, or effort, however you want to call it. You need to buy in. You need a kid that's willing uh, to grind. Yep. yep. Um, be able to communicate and intelligence about the game. And, you know, none of that really is about the, the four or five or three or two or whatever, the stars out by your name on a recruiting site. That's all internal. Yep. If you can just buy that in and get that and just get that good defense – the offense will eventually come around. Yep. 
I think that's what we all know is that, yes, the offense is something that needs to be worked on into the offseason going into the next. But if they can maintain this defense and maintain this intensity on that side, eventually the offense will get there. And when it does, I think that's when we'll see everything click. I think that's when we'll see us really dominate this conference. Because to me, honestly, there was no really team that was head and shoulders above anybody else. I mean, App State ended up winning the conference tournament. And to be honest with you, there was about five to six teams that you could really look at and point to and say they could have won the the tournament in Pensacola. Yeah, there there was a lot of um, and, and not yeah. and and that would have been and, and, and it wouldn't have been that big of a surprise. Yeah. So I think he's very close if he could put the offensive side of this of the of basketball the equation together. Yeah. yeah it, to to where we could really take off and go. Now, obviously we're having to deal with transfer portal issues, but a lot of teams are. That's not a big surprise. We're, we're I'm sure he's already got think, stuff in I the I think I saw, as as... I think it was the Arkansas State uh, beat reporter, um, and I don't have her name off the top of my head, but I think she tweeted out that there's only, out of the like 320-something uh, Division One men's basketball teams, programs, that only like four or six, something like that, didn't have at least one player in the transfer portal, Arkansas State being wow. one of them. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's crazy. Yeah. So, you know, um, everybody's having to deal with that. I'm sure he'll we'll, obviously will have players when it comes down to the, when the season starts in the fall. So I'm not really so much worried about that. It's just can we fit the pieces together on the offensive side of the ball to where we we take that next step. Because I think that we're really close. I think we're a lot closer than maybe what some fans think. That oh, we're the all. turnaround is there. Yeah, and that's the thing. I is think like, it's. I think you it's look really at there. Byington I think, I think and, really and, close. and Byington left. Obviously, you know he wasn't fired, and and we were we were good under him. You know, I mean, we consistently won eighteen to twenty games, maybe you know slightly above twenty plus, you know, a year. And I think if if he had stayed, we would have probably stayed on that path, course. right? That course, but. Yeah, where you know did we hit that glass ceiling like where where were you know were we ever really going to get over that hurdle of be able to make that run in the conference tournament you know in crunch time and make it to the ncaa tournament not nits yeah. not these like other uh tertiary you know and forgotten about invitationals and stuff make the ncaa tournament you know get to live you know as much crap as we give them get to live what app state just got you know like yeah. that that's what we want um and you know and, and be able to even have the opportunity to play the role of spoiler that's what we want and exactly. you know, even if it's a 15 or 16 seed or a play-in game or, or what have you, we want that opportunity. And I, I honestly believe this, uh, even with a 500 season and, and, you know, half of those 13 wins coming against lower division opponents or what have you, I still... I, I trust Brian Berg, and I think we're we're in in better hands. I, I really do. I I I, yeah. I I I completely agree with you. I think um, he puts us in a better position to excel and get to the NCAA tournament, which I don't think we've seen since like ninety one or ninety two. Yep. So C-Y young and all those. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, was it frustrating at times to watch? Of course it was. Obviously, we want to win every game, and especially we want to win the games against our um, against our rivals, right? We had like I think 
we lost three out of four to App, but honestly, we should have won all four games against App State. And I think we had big leads in all of them. By Georgia, yeah, Georgia State. And, and and I think we, yeah, we had the one game against Georgia State that we, I think we were either tied or in the lead with, I think, in the second half. So, I, I think it's so frustrating because we were so close. And I think that's what gives me hope going into next season and the season after with Coach Berg because I really feel like, as I said, the defensive part to me seems to, to to have been there. Now can we put the offensive part? Can we get those one or two or three offensive pieces that we need on the team that really takes us to the next level? And it's, and we're not just talking about winning some belt championships. We're talking about getting Making to Making a run. Tournament yeah, being, yeah, but... and, and putting one. Because, I mean, even just one win in the NCAA tournament gives you so much more recognition nationally. It's unbelievable. It does. And then it really kind of puts the program on the you map. Could argue, you Gonzaga. could argue that that even more so than college football as far as like beating a big-name opponent. I mean, depending on yeah. who it is, like obviously, you know, you're, you're like your App State Michigans or like if you're, if you're knocking off like a ranked opponent, yeah. But like mm-hmm. us beating – Vanderbilt or us even beating even like Minnesota at the It'd time be Arkansas Arkansas right yeah Arkansas a great example of, of this year I was going to use Minnesota but obviously we know the season that they had um, but at that time yeah. people didn't think they were going to be as good as they were but yeah <clears throat> Arkansas this next year they're a six seven eight win team um, we beat them it's a new story for a week yeah if that in regionally if regionally that. yeah it's, it's a blip it's a blip on the on the national sports radar that night and then you know yep. it gets featured on sports center and whatnot and then it's gone and then regionally yep. it's there you celebrate you move on but yeah you become a loyola chicago you become you know you know some, some of these teams in that that has staying power you know you see yeah. you see the websites crash you know the dot edu's mm-hmm. crash because everyone's trying to figure out where the heck in this case georgia southern is you know where is statesboro yeah. georgia like that that well yeah. if you make it through a weekend it's not just a, a weekend of news type you know it's it's another week of you know national media talking about your basketball program talking about your school going into the sweet 16 and all this other you know you know that second weekend of well, the tournament. We've so, got such great fans too. I mean, the Hannah yeah, hooligans and the work that Jared Banco has done with the hooligans and the work that Brian Berg has done with the hooligans really, yeah. really, you know, like solidifying that whole thing and, and embracing them. Um, it's awesome by the way. And, you know, connect, Which connecting them with a student the... group at Texas tech where Berg came from is yeah. awesome. And, you know, so, so stuff like that, like, that's the kind of stuff that gets featured, you know, when you make those runs and stuff. You have your students, you have your crazed fans, you have, you know, Gus get in the limelight and and, and, and things like this. Yeah. And, and that's what makes college basketball in, in my eyes. I mean, it's not as fun as it used to be, um, just with you know, all the one ones and duns and stuff, but it's it, it's still a lot of fun. When when March rolls well, around it's a lot know, of fun. Again in if you put a winning program out there, you'll get more involvement with the students into the Hannah Hooligans and going into games and seeing more participation and making, you know, whether it's Hannah or the new convention center, a, a formidable place to come into. I mean, Hannah's already a tough place to come yeah. in and win anyways, but you make it even, even tougher 
when when you start kind of building these wins on top of each other and start making deep postseason. Well, you're setting the convention center up for success too, because I think I think we're we're in a position here where you know you with Berg, you know, again with Byington, like you can kind of promise the like 15 to 20 wins with Berg. I really think he's building something special. It might not have been the overnight success that maybe some people wanted. Um, but I mean, realistically, that's it's tough. It's, it's I mean, tough. Yeah. That's, that was, that's, almost, it was impossible. Uh, yeah. It's it, like you said, is is probably the best case scenario is the best we could ask for was even just a five to, to sniff a 500 season. Um, yeah. but yeah, you give it a year or two and I really think it will be that quick. Um, you are not only building up the hype, and enthusiasm where you're filling out a hanner, you're filling out this new convention center, you know, and, and that's ultimately mm-hmm. the goal. And I guarantee you, you asked her Banco, that is one of the key reasons um, that and the women's program and, you know, the, 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 the course yeah. that they're on. Um, that is why you build something like that. Like you don't build something like yep. that unless people are going to come unless uh, unless you have the potential to fill it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, so um, I guess talking about kind of getting, you know, we won't get as deep in this as we normally do with football. Um, obviously, we get super technical with that. But, uh, you know, we will kind of give, I guess, like a little preview. Obviously, that we talked about bringing in a scorer. We talked about, you know, the defense is there. Obviously, solidify that a little bit more. And then, you know, we, we need that Tukey Brown. We need that Ike. We need, um, you know, the Elton Nesbitt, if you go back to our our days as students, <laughs> right? Um, I'm, Which I think we have coming in. I think there's a, some sort of a recruit that is very highly – Rate. I think he's like a three star. The recruit. guy we just got. Yeah, I, I should have uh, done my. Like I said, we're we're never prepared for the same people. Top. Yeah, you know, and and top yeah. Georgia's top score or something like that. He's in the top. He's in the top yeah. five, and he had offers from a lot of play, okay. a lot of power five programs, or a lot of a lot okay. of uh, um, major programs. I guess uh, yeah would be the term. So a lot, yeah, a lot, a lot of major programs. He had offers from decided to, to sign with us, which is awesome. Which we, you never saw. You didn't. You you never saw with, uh, with Byington or even before him. You know. Well, again, I mean, they they talked about Berg not just being very intense with coaching and in his philosophies, and and how he approaches the game, but also recruiting. Right. I mean, that was kind of one of the big things about him was that he is known as a, a very, very good recruiter. So, um, again, and I think you I think saw it, you saw it with a short to, sample size. You, well, yeah, yeah exactly. bringing in you Prince Toyambi and, and, and stuff like from Louisville and yep. getting the, again, being able to throw, well, he's from Cincinnati or from Cincinnati. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So yeah, be, being able to bring in these guys that, you know, might have just like not worked out at, at their other school or were overlooked in high school or these international players that are, you know, playing for like Flagler college in Florida and like this, these type of things, but they can like shoot the lights out, you know, bringing in those guys and in such a short amount of time, in a pandemic, you know, is, is, is incredible. Um, so, so imagine what he can do, not in a pandemic, not on a tight deadline. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. Well, that's what I say. The NCAA, I think is supposedly supposed to lift their restrictions coming up on June the 1st, I believe in which it's not a, a dead period. I don't know if it's for all sports, but, um, cause I know I think for football, obviously you see the camps that are going up immediately all through June. I know Georgia Southern has like three or four weeks of camps. So do just about every other, um, uh, FBS school, um, but I think also for probably basketball and anything else that's beginning on June first, you can actually have you know in person meetings and campus visitations and all the normal stuff that we had prior to COVID. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens come over the summer and into the fall. Yeah, 
Absolutely. So, um, women's team. Yeah. I was, I just pulling it up. Let's talk about the women's team. Um, best dress coach of the entire athletic completely program. agree with that. And, Not and I'll, close. I'll argue, what is it? Is it, is it swag? What is it? Swag Tuesdays, swag Thursday, something like that. There's a swag day. I have no, I have I, no. I've, I've, I've seen, I've seen it on, uh, on, on Twitter and just, you know, so her, her presence is, um, in coach Howard, coach, coach Howard, Howard. Yeah. Uh, coach Howard's presence is infectious. It is it's infectious. And let's be honest. I don't care where you are. I don't care if it's UConn or Baylor. You need that for a women's basketball program. You do, you know, you, you, you need, and it, it shouldn't be that way, but, but you need that. You, you need, you need someone that, that can then build that enthusiasm around your program and get people interested there where they're not just showing up for the last five minutes until the men's game. Um, but they're showing up, you know, they're, they're there early. Well, that's not how it is. Anymore. It's not, you know, you don't it's have not. the women's game before the right, men's, right. So don't even get right. that. But, but you know, just like, and, and we're, we're saying obviously with the COVID year, you throw that out the window, but I, I, I think coach Howard is building something like coach Berg special with a women's program, I think she's bringing it, let's be honest, out of the gutter, um, you know, kind of just forgotten yeah. and, and, and making something of it, making, you know, in, in a, in a fairly strong women's basketball conference in the sun, uh, you know, in the Sun Belt of, I think, well, let's put it, let's put it this way. So Troy won the tournament for the women's side, um, arguably got, you know, um, I'm trying to put a polite way. They did not get favorable calls at the end of their game as a 15 seed. I think they were a 15 seed in the women's tournament, and probably should have beaten the two seed yep. um, if the calls were called correctly. Um, now I think this is Coach Howard's second year. We actually beat Troy. We did. We went one, one and three against and, and, them. Yeah. Yo, know, but but you couldn't even imagine that three years ago, four years ago, that we would even come close to beating the the team that would avenge or a top tier team in the conference. And we're competing with it now and beating them. Albeit once we're still, we're, we're there. We're, we're, we're so, we're also blowing out other teams where we like, we're on the same playing field with app state. App state's never had a good women's basketball program. 87 to 56, 70 to 58. Those were the scores. We, we won both games. So, you know, that kind of, that is great to see, um, you know, actually, and then, then I scroll down and I see that we lost both games to end the season <laughs> against that state. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, to, to, to see that, uh, you know, uh, Georgia state, same thing, um, split with them. Um, but you know, we're, we're winning some of these games handily. We're in more games, you know, we're not getting blown out as often. Um, you know, no. and we also are, are, you know, seeing, Players mention more, players highlighted more, um, right? She has the basketball team on, I think there were about seven to ten different categories in which, within the conference, we are in the top five in. Yeah. I think it's like defensive scoring or, or like uh, points per game, um, steals, rebounds. A lot of these things we were like top five in the conference. And then also, too, there were several of them in which we were nationally – in the top 25. So not just the conference themselves, but you're talking about all what 300 something women's basketball teams where 
in these top 25 categories when it comes to like rebounds and steals and points per game, which again is something three, four, five years ago before Coach Howard was here, you never would have thought about with, with women's basketball. Um, I think without question, this has been one of the the best hires that we've had at this university overall in general. Um, you know, give give TK the credit there. Right. He hired her. Um, if it's absolutely a fantastic hire. She, I think, has won wherever else she's coached at. I think she was at Columbus State. She won their big. Um, I can't remember the other school that she was at, I believe, beforehand, but I believe she won a lot there. She, she understands, I think, the process to make a program a winner, and she has a plan, and she has a vision, and she knows how to get there. Um, and I think she will get us there. Now, it, will it take another two to three years? Maybe, probably. Will we have to... Is Troy going to just fall back and not be something in the next two or three years? No, they're probably going to still be a very good women's basketball program. But you have to elevate yourself to that level if and higher if you want to get to winning the champion, winning the conference, getting into the tournament. You're going to have to bring yourself up. You just can't hope for everybody to come down yeah. to a lower level. So, And I think she, she, can, she can do that. She can't have us elevate ourselves to a higher level. I agree. Yeah, so so we were we were uh ranked among the top 25 in uh division 1 in eight separate uh stat categories. So yeah. number 7 rebounds per game, number 9 offensive rebounds per game. Um then we had uh 16 in turnovers for us, 15 in uh steals per game. So I mean, you know, it's it's there. Like again, the building blocks are there just like with Burke. The pieces the pieces are, there. are there. Yeah. The pieces are there. So I, I think if you're if you're looking at stocks, right? Buying stocks have been the big thing this year. If you, if you're looking at stocks and evaluating programs, I think you got to buy some stock in, in the, both basketball programs. Yeah, and then and then just yeah, real quick with with just the Sun Belt Conference, you know, talking about how Troy's kind of that standard. You you look at that, and we're number one steals per game, number one turnovers force, two in scoring offense, two in rebounds per game, two in uh, rebound margin, and second in free throws made, all in the conference. So I mean that's that's huge, yeah. you know. Um, and you never you never saw. I mean I'm reading this off of a stat card, you know, on the website, but you never even saw stats to support something like that, you know, a couple mm-hmm. years ago. So it's 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 good that, you know, frankly that, that they're relevant again. You know that 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 we're able yeah. to talk about women's basketball because they deserve to be talked about because, you know, they uh coach Howard and and her staff and the team are just doing a great job. They're doing a fantastic job. Fantastic job. So Football, Cody? Want to talk about some football? Yeah, I guess we can talk yeah. about some football. Or we just end it we, here. We, we're just we're a basketball we're no. a basketball we're a basketball podcast. Now. There's no football in yeah. spring, right? Right. right. <laughs> last I checked, last I checked on ESPN, there's not. Maybe maybe ESPN <laughs> the Ocho or ESPN Plus, you might be able to see. You know. You know, I hope this. So, all right, now, all right, we're gonna we're gonna talk You're about gonna this get on a real tangent. Quick. Are you gonna talk about I'm FCS gonna, spring I'm gonna football? Go, uh, yes, oh. yes. So one, we did the correct thing eight plus years ago yes. now of jumping to FCS. Should have been earlier, but I digress. Should yep yep. Um, I know that there have been a lot of people complaining about FCS football not being more on ESPN two or whatever they want. Um, 
I will say this as like a devil's advocate to this. Um, if this was five, six years ago that this pandemic would have happened, these games wouldn't even been online. No. Okay. You wouldn't have had these first, second round games or whatever, or really a lot of these games. You wouldn't have Jackson State as as often. I mean, Jackson State's been on ESPN a lot. Yeah, because of, Maybe because, because of Deion, Deion Sanders. It's only because of Deion. Or, or, yeah. or, but regardless, whatever the reason is, they wouldn't have been online, even on TV or whatever, six, seven years ago. Right. I know that there's been a lot of hate on ESPN Plus, but at least it's there, and if you want to watch it, you can. You, you know, a lot of things are going to go streaming. Oh yeah, no, I'm not trying to hate on ESPN Plus. I, I, I think I, I just think it's a lot of. That's not where I thought you were going with this. I thought you no, were. No, no, I just think there's yeah. a lot of unfair criticism on. Well, why isn't ESPN putting these games on? Because on no one's going to watch them. Television. They obviously know something yeah. that, that we don't see. You know, we're we're, we're exactly. looking at it through the lens of we used to be that program, and like, yeah, well, yeah. we want to watch it because we still know these teams still have name recognition for us. You know, we still know who Jacksonville State is. We still know who Kennesaw State is. You know, all this, but to the outside world, to the casual college football fan, they don't care. Now, yes, if you threw it on ABC, if you threw it on ESPN2 on a random Saturday or Sunday or Friday night or something, will people just, like, scroll through and end up watching 20 minutes of it? Maybe. But obviously the, you know, the the, the heads at the table, you know, the, the, the guys in suits, they either know something we don't know or they, or they just don't have faith in it. You know, that, that's going to well, happen. Also, here's, here's another hard truth about it, too, that nobody wants to talk about. The competition level in FCS football today is not what no. it was 10, 15, 20 years no. ago. Um, it's just not. There's a lot more teams in the FBS. You look at us, app, you know, you go, you know, you don't have to go too far back. I mean, hell, even FAU was an FCS team back in 2004, USF, 2005. So, not, yeah. Yep. So, you know, the competition level at that, at the FCS division of college football has changed and it's, and it's, to me, it's not what it used to no. be. Um, now, that's not. I'm it's not thinned to knock out. It for anything. It's thinned out. Let, let's. It, 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 it that's is. what's happened. I mean, you had you had your but App you States. Got, you had your um, Georgia Southerns. You know, you still got your North Dakota States and James Madison, but you don't have as much parity. You have your power players. No. And and then kind of just everybody else. There's a big drop off where at least you had kind of your yeah. top echelon before where it was interesting, you know, and, and then you lose your old dominions and you lose your Charlottes and you lose your, you know, FAUs, like you mentioned, and obviously us and app, but like, you know, coastal, you lose Co- coastal wasn't relevant. Yeah. Coastal wasn't relevant no. in FCS. Then they became relevant. Um, you know, when, when everybody else kind of left and, and then, and then moved up anyway, <laughs> you know, so, yeah, they so did. And, and, and didn't see real, real success until last year. So, I mean, that, that, that's a perfect example is, is what happened to coastal. And then, you know, a team yeah. like Kennesaw state can come in and like being a football nerd that I am. And, and, and I didn't even hold up that end of the bargain. I, I said, Oh, like spring FCS football. I love college football. I'm going to be a Kennesaw state fan, get to see some old school option, you know, and, and, uh, you know, watch Bohan in there and, and I'm, I'm going to watch a bunch of games. I've seen one game. I've seen one game, you know, because yeah. like you know, we're busy and it's the weekend and, and whatever. And like, it's, it's hard to, to make time for those games. So, I mean, yes, I've, I've watched yeah. a Jackson state game, um, like maybe one and a half of one of those, you know, with Dion and those are fun, you know, and, and like, it's, it's not that I'm avoiding them, but 
part of it, yeah, network, I guess, access, but a lot of people don't have cable now anyway, so you're you're kind of having you're not stumbling on these things, you're having to go look for them. Um and the you know, the other part of it is just lack of interest because the 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 quality play isn't there, the name recognition isn't there, you know, and and even for a football nerd like myself, it's like, you know, do I watch Kidosaw State or do I, you know, go outside and do something, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. So, exactly. No, I, I, it, I just think that to me, there's been a lot of unfair criticism on it being on ESPN Plus, And my thinking is that 10 years ago, they wouldn't even been on there if this would have been, if this pandemic would have happened back then. Um, Here's a question for you. I, Do you keep it in yeah. spring? No. Okay. No. No. I think that would have. I, I, I think if you keep FCS in spring, I think you kill it. Okay. You think it's a quicker. Because a lot of people think it's dying anyway. So you think it's a quicker death if they stay in spring? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yep. It's interesting. Because a lot of people would say the opposite. A lot of people would say that would. No. But I think, I think this was a. You know, maybe it wasn't a fair. Do, do you know do you know why I say that? Because you have your playoff run in the midst of you know other big time football stuff happening. So it's a easier transition to talk about it, right? To me it's not a very easy transition to talk about FCS right. football. You have baseball going on, you have hockey you have going your professional on, sports, you have basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have a lot of stuff going on. When it gets to be November, December, people have moved about, on from you know, college football. You know, and yeah, as, as, as hard about, as that is well, to, like, admit, I mean, people have, like, it's not yeah. that they're not missing it, yeah. but, I mean, again, the quality play isn't there. So when when you have that rogue weekend in the fall where, you know, like we, we used to get, you know, where we would be featured on ESPN or ESPN2 with a playoff game where you only have Army-Navy playing or, you know, you have that weird weekend after rivalry week and all that, you know, where where it falls and, and people are like, oh, there's got to be football on. Oh, who is this? North yep. Dakota State. Oh, I guess I'll watch this, you know, you know for three yep. hours. And, and it happens because you're in football mode. You've, you've already, like you know, uh, section it off in your mind that like this, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm doing. I'm staying home. I'm watching football. And, and then, you know, you, you watch the one FBS game that might be on one or two, and then you find something else. And you're next thing, you know, you're watching Eastern Washington, you know, or Jacksonville state or, or James Madison mm-hmm. and, and it's fine. But yeah, in, in the, in, in the spring, it's, it's the first year that they did it. It's the pandemic. Obviously, things are getting better where people are like moving out, you know, they're getting outside, they're do, doing things more, they're getting, you know, acclimated back to society. But so that that's part of it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I know the argument initially, I think people that were on the bandwagon of like, this is great spring football, you know, this is where it's at. This is where it should stay. You know, FCS will be relevant again, blah, blah, blah. I think the case study, and I mean, it's a small sample size, but I think the case study has failed. I, I, I really do. I, I think, yeah. I think it has too. And, and now I think part of it could have been hurt because of the shortened season and maybe not the, the consistency of, of games being played, right? Like you have a team play like four games, yeah. two games, three games. Some teams totally played six, seven, eight, nine. Um, and so I think maybe but are people like that could be a it part could of it? I, I think as long if you were just looking for college football games like for me 
for my example of like, okay, Kennesaw State because of the connections there and the option or all that. Yeah. I would say like, this is my FCS team. You know, like I, I was going all in on them. But again, I watched one game. Um, and with other people, I don't feel like, I feel like the average fan's not doing that. Um, because yeah. if it's not their team, they don't care. So they'll watch whatever if they, if they, if they really want it that bad. Um, but it's still, you're still seeking it out. It's still just a lot, you know, and, and, and they're competing with other things. They're competing with less, with just better entertainment. I mean, I like, I, you know, yep. I, I don't know how else yep. to put it. They're competing with better entertainment. You know, you don't have to be a fan of NBA basketball or a fan of NHL or a fan of, um, you know, college basketball, you know, at, or early on, right. Um, or even college baseball. I mean, it's college baseball is getting more play on ESPN, um, and, and, and other sports deservedly networks so. deservedly so than FCS football. And I think that's telling, I think that says a lot. Yep. I agree. Speaking of spring football, there were some spring practices in a spring game in Statesboro. There was, there was, and I'm glad. Thank you for that seamless transition, Cody. And um, and it and it wasn't drama free. It wasn't drama free. Um, so let's let's talk about our bread and butter here, um, Georgia Southern football. It only took us 45 <laughs> minutes almost to get into it. Uh, but uh, we are, you know, uh, uh, if you have forgotten by this point, a Georgia Southern football podcast. Um, <laughs> spring game just happened. Uh, you know, there there's plenty to talk it about. Did. Last time we talked, I guess what January. Um, you know, with our season uh, three wrap up, obviously we talked New Orleans Bowl. We talked, you know, kind of the season that was, um, and gave a little bit of a preview as we normally do. But uh, you know, obviously didn't really know anything else. We 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 knew you know the transfers coming in. We knew who was kind of staying. We had that list. Uh, you know, who was going to the draft who was going to the transfer portal. Some people, some kids have already had already left. We talked about shy words, uh, you know, had a whole segment on him and his legacy. Yep. Uh, but we didn't, there was no practices, you know? So, so since we've recorded spring practice is done, spring game is done. And, you know, I would say there's probably more talk about than normal. Um, you know, I, you know, there's, there's a lot of changes, a lot of things that maybe we didn't, you know, certainly couldn't have predicted, you know, the last time we talked. And I think it starts with the quarterback position um, of of, of what happened with, you know, obviously talking about in the last episode with James Graham coming in, transfer from Georgia Tech. uh, You know, a lot of people expected him. I don't want to say de facto starter. A lot of people expected him. He's, you know, had starter experience um you know well you didn't know about justin tomlin's injury you didn't know about tomlin's injury you also but but a lot of a lot of people thought that graham was going to come in regardless of the injuries regardless of the rest of the quarterback room that graham was going to come in and immediately be one of the front runners for the position that by all accounts and as we record this you know on April 27th, James Graham's still listed on the roster. Um, his picture's no longer on the roster, which I find interesting. Um, but his his bio is still there. Um, he's still, you know, number one in, in, on, on, on the roster. And uh, But he has been MIA um, for, for, for a while. Uh, he did not participate in the two scrimmages. Well, I wouldn't say MIA. He's out due to he's personal out due, reasons. So they know he's okay. out. All right. Yeah, right. Okay. Bad choice of words. 
he's he's to to the casual fan to the onlooker right he's to to where where we can see recaps of the scrimmages and photo galleries from it and then obviously watching the spring game whether it was in person or on espn plus he's nowhere to be found right that that's my point yeah. so he you know this was we expected to have a very different conversation i think at least i did um by the time we recorded yeah. this post spring yeah. game of like well, let's let's evaluate him. Let's let's talk about like what we saw. What was good from Graham? What was bad? What was good from Tomlin? What was bad? Uh, mm-hmm. Who else showed us something? You know what? Did our perception and our initial thoughts on the quarterback battle like how has it how has it changed throughout the spring now that they're actually playing and we got to see Graham in a, in, in blue and white and you know and and kind of learning the offense and all this through the scrimmages through the spring game we haven't gotten that you know we we, we obviously he, he did practice early on um, but he's missed both scrimmages in the spring game um, again out due to personal reasons we don't have any more information than that so you know um, I, I don't know what yeah, to tell you we're not we're not insiders. Yeah, we're we're not insiders. We've talked, yeah, we've said that all along. Um, you're you're at the wrong place, <laughs> but but yeah. uh, but we will give you you know our honest opinion. Um, that you know outsiders outsiders view, view that that you you won't hear anywhere else. That's basically going to be the the voice of the fans as we've always done it, and you know that again is that this was unexpected. I mean, the, 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 this isn't what, this isn't what I planned no, to talk no, about. I, I thought, I thought we, I, no, I thought we were going to be not. weighing these two kids. Yes. Other, you know, there's other people in the quarterback room with Kenderson was, and stuff, but I thought we would be weighing, looking at the collective spring, whatever scrimmages we got in and especially the spring game and say, at this point, who do we feel is going to be the star in the fall? I think there's no question yeah. right now. That's Justin Tomlin because exactly. James Graham, for all we know, is out of the equation. Yeah, and I think uh, my hope was, and I don't, I'm not going to speak for you, so you can you can say what you feel after I get doing my point. My hope was is that at the end of the spring practice and spring game, that both of these young men, Tomlin and Graham, would have performed so well that it still would have been a toss up going into fall yeah. camp, that it still would have been a battle, that. Um, Ruse would have to almost employ his Ellison Upshaw dual quarterback type situation that he did in 14 and 15. And it was just kind of one of those things is who is going to be the quarterback that gets to play every on the, on the third series of each half. Right. That was kind of what we were going to, that personally was what I was kind of hoping. I kind of was too, because um, I, I was wanting both of them to make each other better. To push each other exactly, um, which we'll get yeah. to in a minute. I think it has happened in in, in some in some sense, but you know, yes. I think I was looking. You know, whether you know, you never know what the coaches are going to say. They're they're going to do coach speak. You're you're obviously never going to, especially bring in a, a guy from another school, um, a, a transfer, yeah. and say, "Yep, this is the guy." And like like it's not a competition. You're never going to hear that. Um, so. No. But, but what, but you know, you never know of what's coach speak and what's not and that sort of thing. Right. So, I mean, I I think there are a lot of people that thought, okay, Graham's Graham was coming in and it was his job to lose. I think a lot of people thought that. Um, and, and I think that's a fair assumption. I, and, and I think here's my other thing in regards to this too, is that when Upshaw was brought in, because he was a transfer too, I think what from Jacksonville or Jacksonville state, um, I think you could look at it and say, okay, he's obviously faster than Ellison. 
looks to have a better arm. Taller. Are you saying Upshaw was a Florida International? No, yeah. Oh, Florida International. Okay, sorry. I knew it was a Florida school. I couldn't remember. Or, well, ja- anyways, Jacksonville regardless. State's in Alabama, but keep trying, Cody. Well, I know. I, I, I get that. <laughs> what I'm saying is that I knew it wasn't go it was ahead, a, go ahead, another go ahead. program. My overall point was not about the flipping school. It was it was about that Upshaw had better overall, what you would call physical talent. Yes. Better arm, taller, faster. But in terms of running the offense, in terms of, of, of actually executing the quarterback position, Ellison was better yeah. at it. And it was just kind of the fact of when when was the transfer going to take place? When was Ellis or when was it going to click everything for Upshaw right. to where you saw Go the, the transfer? <laughs> Go Daddy Bowl. You can no, honestly yeah, maybe yeah. say maybe possibly the UGA right. game because you saw a lot of good things out of him at that yeah. point. But definitely for sure the go down. When it all came together. Um, but I mean I, I think I think yes. the flashes you saw, right? And and you're seeing that yeah. right. It, it's a great analogy because yeah. you're seeing that now with Tomlin. And so I thought maybe with Graham, he could have the better arm strength. Maybe he was faster. Maybe he had the better body build. But maybe at this point, um Tomlin just was the better quarterback to run the offense, yeah. was the better understand the and understand how to move the the ball down the field better at this point like Ellison did in 14 and through majority of 15 season and that it was just a matter of time of when did everything click for Graham right. to where to where th- there could be he the could learn, learn the caveats and stuff because I mean because exactly. I mean let's be honest yeah we don't run a traditional offense I know people you know we've we've no. talked about it extensively of, of like getting more into the passing and doing things like that but we're still never going to be your like typical boilerplate, you know, spread passing offense, right? So, you know, bringing in a guy like Graham, who, you know, was the highest rated player, um, you know, I, I guess that still, you know, holds up um, to, to ever commit to Georgia Southern, um, you know, uh, according to the, the star ratings and, and, and uh, you know, I think it was like 89, something like that, four star. Um, so, you know, a player coming in, you're going to think like, okay, this guy's coming in and then like, he's got to be the de facto starter, but there's a huge learning curve. <laughs> you know, there he's is. coming from Georgia tech. Yes. Came from triple option offense, but a, a different triple option offense. And again, we don't run a triple option offense. No, he didn't learn. the um, triple. No, option. I didn't, but he, he was, rec- the first he was recruited of... by Paul Johnson. He was recruited yeah, by Paul Johnson. Yeah. yeah. Um, to run the and option. Then was, then yeah. And then, right. And then with, with, uh, um, Jeff Collins, right. Uh, and yeah. with Mr. Waffle, Mr. Waffle House, loves some Waffle House. Um, <laughs> and they won't have that in Colorado. They, you know what? They got some other stuff. I think stuff, they though. do. They have some other stuff. They have some stuff that makes you want to, <laughs> uh, yeah, want to eat Waffle House. Um, they, uh, you know, that, that's the one that we haven't looked up. We, we, there goes there the goes show. The show. It's off the rails. Uh, we we looked up Chick Fil A. They have Chick Fil A's out there. They have like they have like five. They have like five. They're all in the Denver area. Um, yeah. Okay. They don't have McAllisters, so that's on our bucket list to to get. We we have one. We our closest McAllisters where I live now is uh, like twenty five minutes away, and, and we we go okay. to it like once a month. So I mean, it's you know we 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 love that place, but so. We're yeah, not we're 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 off the rails. But gotta talk podcast. Yeah, please, please, please sponsor us. You only have to give us money. Just give us soup and spuds, <laughs> soup and spuds. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, you know. So I I'll have to look up if, there, if there's Waffle House in Colorado. Um, that that threw me off, but I uh, it's been brought up before. 
uh, and I will need to look into that. But the uh, yes, you thought Graham was coming in and the the job was kind of his, but you have to remember this is not a traditional offense. Um, even what he was running under Collins, which was kind of that this weird like hybrid style because of like the type of player that he was and then why he was recruited. Um, you know, it, it doesn't work with what we do. Um, so there, there's going to be a large learning curve there. Tomlin has been here. He's, he's, you know, progressed in the system. He's certainly waited his turn. He's, he's, he's paid his dues. Um, and, and then some, right. Uh, being under words and he knows, and Roos. he knows Roos. He's comfortable with Roos. Um, so yes, I, I think, I think the Ellison, uh, Ellison Upshaw comparison is fair. Um, you know, but. I think that most people would say that, you know, Ellison, as far as like an option quarterback, Ellison was the guy, he was the better option quarterback. He made the reads better. Well, he yeah. made, you know, was he the fastest, you know, was he faster than Upshaw? No. Was he, um, had a better arm than Upshaw? No. Um, could he make better reads passing wise? No, probably not. You know, could he make better reads pitching the ball and just running the option offense? Absolutely. Yes, he could. Um, and he was super versatile too. Um, so, you know, and, and he was, uh, durable, you know, I, I you, you gotta be, you know, when you're running that type of offense, no yeah. matter if you're under center or yeah. yeah. Um, and, and we saw Ellison do both, right. Beat Florida, beat Florida. Um, well, I think that's going to be the, the biggest thing in terms of Tomlin going forward. Um, cause to me right now, if Graham does not come back, he's the guy and it's not even close. Yeah. Without um, a doubt is to me the biggest question now would be is let's just let's just go on that assumption. assumption. Let's just say Graham does does not come back or if he does come back, let's just say it's like halfway through summer workouts or whatever the case may be. And you gotta think that the, that the deck is stacked against him at that point. It'd be the story. Yeah, He's got yeah, uphill exactly. where it was even or maybe he even had an edge coming in to spring camp. Now if he comes back at this point, let's be realistic. I mean even if he's listening to this, right? Like it is an uphill yeah. battle if he decides to come back at this oh, point. Yeah. yeah. So so Tomlin's the guy. The biggest question at this point is durability. Yeah. I mean i I think it's durability because the, the now the biggest question turns into who's going to back him up. Is it Kennerson? Is it the the Connor kid? Um, is it? I think I think we still have the transfer from Walford, don't we? I believe that he's still Mosley, here. I thought graduate. No, he no no, no he he may have yeah, graduated. He graduated. He did. Yeah. Okay, um, so I think it's kind of we have uh, Cameron we Justin Cameron uh, Ransom, back. which was the new. He's well, he's not in. He's camp. not in camp. He's no, not he's not in camp. Yet. But I mean, he could he could start just, as a true freshman. Just, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. You just burst my bubble on my I'm where sorry. I was going with it. No, you're not. <laughs> That's my boy, though. I, I, I love I love Cameron Ransom. Uh, yeah, Arnwood what I was going to say was is is honestly, I think he's the one that benefits the most from this. Being the true yes. freshman coming in at fall camp, I think if he his if, size, he's six yeah, three, he's, he's two something, he's lefty. You talk about the prototypical for, like coming in, going against the grain of like the what oh what yeah the Southern quarterbacks are quote unquote you know supposed to look like. Complete opposite. I mean this this guy yeah. looks the part of a power five starter. I mean he just does. And, yeah, and you know I I completely agree with you. I'm not trying to steal your thunder. Go ahead. No no no. I think he has. To me, he benefits the most in terms of maybe not the beginning of the season, but if he improves in practice, what he does at practice squad and so forth and so on, 
There's he moves no, into that I two spot. I would not spot. be surprised. Yeah. He moves into the two spot by the end of the season, which sets him up. I, which sets him up for yeah for what uh, you know Tomlin's got. Yep. Two years, right? Yep. Two years. Mm-hmm. With, a free, with a free COVID yep. year, yeah. So, um, yep. so yeah, where where he was maybe with Graham because Graham was coming in with the same I, I get two years of eligibility as Tomlin. So they were basically competing for the same spot. You know, they were competing for the same yeah. amount of playing time. You know, if if Graham and Tomlin both stay, uh, yeah, if Graham and Tomlin both stay, then that puts the 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 young man from Florida, the the true freshman, probably you know. Third, third at best, yeah. Third at best for two years, best. probably. Yeah, and maybe even fourth because you don't know what Sam Kennison's how he's going to progress. Maybe it clicks for him. Maybe he jumps ahead, even though he's a smaller stature. Um, that that he could he could be there. Um, I th- I think the quarterback position at this point has as most most depth I've seen at it in a long time, even if Graham leaves. Does that mean I still want to see anything happen to Tomlin? No, because I think if something does, I think with the level of competition we have this fall, okay. it's going to be very, very tough for us to win football games. So you think you? Th- I don't want to take your words. So you you think we're deeper at the quarterback position than we? I we've think ever been? I think we're pretty like deep. after I one is deep. what you're kind of talking about. Uh, yeah, I mean, because I I think you could make an argument it, for last year. I think you could make an argument for Wirtz and Tomlin backing him up, then Kinnerson, who you know we still don't know too much about. Um, you know, yeah. I, I think you could, and we said that last well, year. We I said that say, last say, year we were the deepest. So now you're you're yeah. saying now. now I think we're the so. Deepest. I think with I think Kinnerson has improved a year. They said the Connor uh, young man has improved a lot. Um. You have I think the young so man ge- coming down from so Florida. Gelski, I think, is how you say his name. But Connor, yes. I'm not going right, to well, try I, I probably gonna, just butchered it. But, butcher but it. I, I think, yeah. you know, this is a kid, Marist High School, and I'm, I'm saying that off the top of my head. Oh, and, and not, to, not to forget the uh, Jordan Jenkins, the other yeah, three-star right. quarterback that took a year off medically, yep. is now back. And he's also in the mix, too. So I think yes, there's a lot of talent in that. It's just unknown talent. Room. I think I think I think that's it, the, it, I think that's is. the thing is that last year we said something very similar, um, where you know we both got on and said this is the deepest quarterback room we've ever had because you had four year starter words, you had Justin Tomlin who you know should have beat uh, Minnesota and you know showed a lot of good flashes and people want to see more of and you know especially you know through the season where we did see work struggle at times people want to see more of him because they knew he was capable probably you know especially in his words would have beat App State if he stayed in and didn't have the ankle injury right yeah so like but you so that's your backup that's your backup and then from there you have Kinnerson ton of talent you have you know so, so we we had this conversation last year but it's interesting that you're bringing it up now after losing a four-year starter in shy words and 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 the fact that that now you're, you're kind of perennial backup you know for the last couple of years and 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 Tomlin is now your starter and looking behind him is kind of the same you're bringing in more guys obviously you have some younger guys coming in in ransom and and and, and Jenkins like you said but it's I don't know. It's interesting, and, and I'm not saying I disagree with you. That's the thing. Is I'm I'm kind of talking through it in my head because I honestly haven't really thought about it. But like, 
I don't fully disagree with you. I, I think last year was probably deeper just based on certainly based on experience, but based on talent, okay. it's just the unknown. You just don't know. You don't yeah. know how good Sam Kenderson can be. You don't know how good Justin Tomlin as the starter can be for 12, 13 games. You know, you, you, you don't mm-hmm. know. Um, now potential, I would say potential. Absolutely. I think potential, we have the most potential in the quarterback room um, that we've that we've had in a while. Boy, that's interesting yeah. because of of the tweets that came out well, like a couple of weeks ago saying what like tra- potential is a fancy cuss word or something like that. They were really kind of hinting at that potential is a bad word. It's not. And, and to be honest with you, they're, they're absolutely right. Potential is meaningless. Potential is is nothing. What's what's potential if you can't actually execute that potential in the field right and can't do it then what's it worth yeah so say i actually missed that so i don't know if that was who that was in reference to i don't know yeah i don't know uh but that was i think i think i saw like um i'm not gonna say names but i think there was a a couple of coaches that had put that out there maybe the the football account had and it was kind of one of those things i think that i think it may have came out right after the one of the first few prediction Rankings right. that came out okay. about Southern and in our placement in, in the Sun Belt dead East. dead last in pretty much all of them, yeah. Dead last, yep. Um, and so, you know, but I think that applies to just about everything in, in life and whatever. But, yeah, potential, it's great on paper. It's great in, in to talk about. But what is it really if you can't turn it into action? Well, and, of and course, of results. course. But, I mean, you, you only have so much to go off of. So, I mean, whether whether yeah, it's the James yeah. Graham, whether it's Justin Tomlin, whether it's, you know, whoever it is, the star rating in, you know, the games you played against tougher competition or, you know, games you should have won, you know, with the Minnesota game with Tomlin and things like that. I mean, we could talk through all these scenarios. Um, but, obviously, there, there's a prove-it factor. You've, you've got to go and prove it. And and I'm, I'm not saying that either one of those guys, you know, can't do that, you know, but um, we, we, we just got to see it, you know. And I, I think so, yeah. so, yeah, potential's an interesting word. I will, I, I will, I will, I will back off. Maybe I shouldn't have said the most depth. Maybe I should say the most potential. It is the most potential, and and with with potential okay. you have uh, maybe with that's, potential you have maybe that's unknown. What I've with potential yeah. you have yeah. just it could it could go really well or it could go really bad. And but you know. I I still think though that that two spot for the quarterback position is, is got is is a is probably the most important thing going into fall. I agree, and I completely agree with you on ransom, where I think. This is, let's be honest, the best case scenario for the kid. I mean, I, I, I like, I had, I still have high hopes, had you know, uh, high expectations kind of for him. Just knowing the, the the high school, you know, used to cover the high school that he went to. I didn't cover him while you know he was in high school. I'm too old for that, but um, but uh, you know, I'm pretty. I don't even know if he was born by the time I was like covering the high school. Um, but but. Uh, yeah, I mean it's you know he he has a championship pedigree again he has the build all this and and it's something that we kind of briefly touched on but I've certainly thought about when I saw him commit to us of like oh man look at look at what's in front of him you know and and at the time mm-hmm. we didn't even know Shy Wirtz was leaving at the time that he committed yep. Shy Wirtz hadn't hadn't entered the transfer portal yet. So unless someone was in his ear or he knew something a lot of people didn't, you know, I don't know. But, um, 
Well, I think for him coming into fall camp is, and is all going to be how quickly he moves up the depth chart is going to be how quickly he can learn the system and how quickly he can adjust from high school ball to college ball. Because let's be honest, high school ball is completely different. You will have it's you well not only is it completely different, but you can have a couple of weeks, few weeks in which you're playing some pretty pathetic teams. A pretty where just on your talent, literally on your talent alone, you can beat them. It's not not even hike the ball. Yeah, hike the ball to me. I'll make one guy miss, and it's a touchdown. Period. And it's a touchdown. It's it's yeah exactly. You know now at the college level. It's Even all against Gardner Webb, that's not going to happen. Yeah. yeah, that's not that's not going to be a guarantee. It sh- should it be? Yeah, but you know, we'll look at what we did with Campbell. Now, granted, we would out like thirty players and probably shouldn't play yeah. the game. But regardless, that Campbell game was a lot yeah. closer for comfort than what we wanted it to be. But I think it's going to be how quickly can he learn the system? How quickly can he get in to do workouts and and start solidifying himself as? a leader on the team and an example on the team and, and going through those motions and, and, and really setting himself apart. Yep. And that's going to be it. Um, all right. So I think we've kind of touched on it a little bit. Obviously we said the most important thing as far as probably going into fall position wise is going to be the second string quarterback. Obviously I think we feel comfortable with Tomlin yep. leading the yep. charge. Um, we briefly touched on this. I think we have to talk about this. There have been two preseason reviews. Yep. Um, one that I don't really respect at all. One that I highly respect. Um, both well, of them have to us. Know which one's which? Uh, well, obviously, the one by Bill Connolly for ESPN is the okay. one that I highly respect because he has the SP Plus and yada, yada, yada. Um, both of them have Southern. Sporting New- was finishing. Sporting News the other one? What was the. Yeah, whatever, like college, college sports, sport, yeah, something yeah, yeah. along those lines. They said that we didn't have depth at O line, and that's like the thing that we have like the most right. depth at. Yeah, it was just poor. It was poor research. Where Connolly, Connolly's a stat. Yes, which I'm a I'm a, da- oh, I'm a data stats. guy. It's what I do for a living, and like yep. so, so you you can't. I mean, like like they say, stats don't lie, and you gotta. It's a, it's yep. a prove it factor. So I mean, yes, based on stats. Um, we we deservingly are are, are last place. Analytics. analytics, yeah, based on stats and analytics, we are deservingly last place in the East. But he said the East is so much better than the West that we're what we're the set we're the yeah. second best team by like a landslide in the West behind Louisiana. Yeah. Um, yeah. just just based on that, where we're dead last in in the East. So, and <sighs> and the East is the toughest and strongest Group of Five division in all of college football. Um. When it the comes American, to this yeah, I saw some people with Americans say that because uh, they don't have divisions. I think, right? Um, no, American they, has who, divisions. Who, I, I saw some argument that said like, "Oh, well, blah blah blah," doesn't have divisions, so that's why. Um, no, I think all of them have divisions because okay. they all have conference championship games. I think the well, only they, one that doesn't have a division at this point is the Big Twelve. They have, okay. unless it's the Mountain West. No, the Mountain West has divisions. I think I think all the group of five conferences have American does, um, Conference USA definitely does. Uh, what's the other one? Um, Mountain West does, and MAC. I think they all. I think all five of them have divisions. Okay. Um, 
they may be arguing that we don't have a, as many teams, which is why it gives our, our division a, a boost. Maybe. I'm looking at it right now. No, they don't have divisions. This is the top two schools. Yeah, they don't have divisions. That's what they were arguing. Who doesn't have divisions? The AAC. They're just. They're Are just you sure? Bit. I'm looking at the. Yeah, I'm looking at their website right now. No, really. It's just yeah. It's just, it's it's just. And that wasn't just for the COVID season. Uh, you know, I don't know. Seeing that now, I'm like put on the spot. <laughs> see this? No, it does not look like it. No. No, they're just one big conference. They have 11 teams. I did not know. Really? Well, learn something new every day. I could have swore. I could have swore they were at a two-division conference. So that that was, I mean, that that was the argument. It was like, well, you know, well, well, if they had that, then. But, I mean, even, even, even so, then you're, then you're like looking at it like, okay, well, who's like Cincinnati and Tulsa? Are they there? Yes, they're they're probably in the same conference. Um, Memphis is Memphis in the same conference as Tulsa and Cincinnati? Probably not. Um, or I'm sorry, not conference division or Central yeah, Florida. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, UCF, Memphis, they're in the same division. Um, you know, Tulane's in the same division with them. Um, you know, at three and five, right? East Carolina's in the same division, but Temple, Cincinnati, Tulsa, SMU, maybe Houston, Navy. They're in the same, and, and that's not that good of a division. So I, it, anyway, no. so, but yes, the, the yeah. The point is, is that we have the strongest group of five comp or division. Yeah, there's no arguing that. Okay, there's no it, arguing that. Yeah, no, there's not. Um, you have um one team that will be definitely in the top twenty five in coastal when it when the preseason rankings come out. Um, you have App State that if they put. You know, four or five wins together at the beginning of the season, they could Louisiana, possibly be in the top yeah, you've got, yeah. Louisiana is going to be. You've got two that there. are at least smelling it right off the bat. Yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. So, you know, as as much as it hates, I think for us fans to see Georgia Southern being predicted, quote unquote, to finish in last place, um, I think there's some. There's some, I guess you could say, data or arguments to say, okay, it's not something that's completely out of left field. I know that there was a lot of high hopes with Doug Ruse coming in, you know, Graham is the transfer, yada, yada, yada. But when you start looking at these other teams, Coastal's bringing back their quarterback and a oh, lot yeah. of their offense. You, you talk, yeah, I mean, so is, so we're, is we're, we're bringing State, back guys, App, but everybody's bringing back guys, and everyone's bringing back bringing more. Back we, we, lo- we lost our quarterback. We lost, you know, yep. we lost several wide receivers. We lost good defensive players to the draft and to the transfer portal. You know, we, well, let's not only, let's not forget this now. Technically, we did finish fourth in the division yeah. last year with losses to App, Coastal, and Georgia right. State. Now, you can say, well, that was with the old offensive coordinator. That was with our fourth-string quarterback or yada, yada, yada. It, people don't look at those things when, when they're doing these these 
No, they're not going that deep. I mean, maybe a Bill Connolly will, will look at the analytics and the same analytics that he'll look at for the Sun Belt are going to be that of, of the SEC, right? But yeah, what once yeah. you're doing just like the 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 research, no, it's not the same level of research. No, no it's not the same level of research. So, uh, as as a fan, don't read into this too much. The only there's only really, honestly, two people that I look at when it comes to preseasons that I Phil actually Still. want to know their opinions on. Phil Still is one of them. I'll get his. Both of us will yep. get his book coming up in June or July. Um, and then the other one was who we just mentioned, yep. Bill Connolly. Um, and honestly, those are it, if I'm going to give any of our fans any pointers or advice in regards to preseason stuff when it comes to college football, just really just look at those. Look two. at that, read them, and analyze them, and then you know them. take take them yeah. take them with a grain of salt, obviously. Um, exactly. But but pay attention They're to those. Everything right. else is trash. I mean, everything else just don't don't even worry about it. I wouldn't yeah. worry about it. So you know, um, and. Yeah, I mean, and, and honestly, they're not always right. Look at Coastal last year. A lot 2014, of them. Two thousand fourteen. Two thousand fourteen. Bill and Bill, both yeah, well, of them. Yeah. I know. Two thousand fourteen for us. Yes. So they're not always right. I will say this. I think this gets lead into the other thing about this upcoming season, which we'll talk more about when we get into July and August, and we start actually doing our preseason episodes of the season. The difficulty of our schedule. Yeah. We talked about it on the last this podcast. Cannot, but I mean, it's it's it incredible. Uh, I mean, it's 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 it's, it's, it's mind boggling. I mean, the the look, looking at you know, I think it was the Bill Connolly um, uh, article that broke it down, and it it had it had the schedules in there, and then it said like probability. It said you know uh, he he broke it down by probable wins, toss ups, and likely losses. I think is how he does it, right? And you look at like us, and and that's how he gets the win total, which I believe was five wins, right? So he got five wins for us, which obviously we'd miss a bowl, um, first time in three years. But then you've got um, coastal; they're all likely loss or likely wins or like one or two toss ups. I mean, their schedule is ridiculously easy ridiculously easy i mean kansas um i can try to pull it up real quick but like it's 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 insane when 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 seeing it i mean it, it it's great to see it and they don't get louisiana right. that's the that's the west opponent they don't get to play so you're talking about their west opponents are honestly arkansas right. state which citadel which, let's be honest arkansas <laughs> citadel, citadel okay. kansas buffalo Toughest game, Buffalo. Literally, toughest game at Tough, Buffalo. Yeah. UMass. They don't, have, they don't have a people. UMass, ULM, Arkansas State, at App State. Toughest conference game. Troy, at Georgia Southern. Uh, at home against Georgia State. At, uh, at home against Texas State, and then at South Alabama. I mean, that is that is yeah. a re- ridiculously easy schedule. It is. It is. Um. So I, I think those two things, right, I think people need to be aware of. When you read these things, this is what you're going to look at. This is really what a lot of people are basing our, our, our coming in last predictions are, is the difficulty of the schedule and that even though we have quite a few people returning. It's not as much compared to the so rest. Yeah, Louisiana else, literally has else. everyone. Levi yeah. Lewis, everyone yeah. returns. And, and like um, – well, I think Troy is. I, I want to say there's like two or three teams in the Sun Belt that like r- rank in the top 
five, six, seven of the nation in in uh, experience return, um, and that's something that you'll yeah, see in the think, Phil Steele right. book. Yeah, and again, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. paraphrasing, speculating a little bit there, but it's something like that. They're in easily in the top ten, at least two teams. I know Louisiana is one of them um, that are you know by all accounts the most experienced you know quote unquote most experienced team in the country uh, as far as like played downs and then starters and all this now and i want your opinion on this because i've been thinking about this a lot a lot of people have been saying what are the kind of big things we're kind of we're, we're transitioning off of this folks um a lot of the big issues going into Georgia Southern football, obviously the quarterback issue is one of them. We just got through talking about schedule is another one. Um, a lot of people have been talking in regards to obviously the long snapper yep. because of Ryan Langdon. He's probably going to be not drafted, but would not be surprised if he signed to some yeah, team. Yeah, undrafted free agent, you know, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah something along those lines. Like yeah. yeah. So that's going to be an, an, an emphasis to point out. Um Something that I don't see a lot of people talking about um, going into this season, and I want your opinion on it, is defense. Now, I, I think we both have a lot of trust in Scott Sloan and in, in how he runs the defense. Um, they've appeared to have gotten better each season based on, on certain statistics. We, we lose a lot of guys. have lost yeah, Bird. A, a lot of very important, Cogs. yes, very important cogs, linebacker, edge, um, you know, and then safety. safety now, yeah, and so I think to me, if we don't to see ourselves not become the last place team in the East. I don't think it really is so much more on the offense. I think it's how our defense performs and how do see, we. See, I, I think I think opposite. I think will there be a drop off? You think it no? Because yes, because I think you have to have a large uptick. I think they're going to have to carry some of the weight that's going to be left, you know, by the defense. So you're saying that our defense is gonna is gonna drop yes, off a little 100%. bit? Yes, hundred percent. I I think there's going to be a natural drop off. There's going to be a natural drop off, but if. Even if they stayed the way it is, I mean, defense kept us in all our games last year. And, you know, obviously make the change at OC and all this, and we feel better about Roos. But we've got, and, and, you know, breaking a new quarterback, even if it's Tomlin who has experience, like it's, you know, we've got a stable running backs, but, you know, injuries and, and some new guys and, and all that. So there's there's a lot to unpack there, but offense has to step up. Offense has to take some of the slack away from the defense. We can no longer, because of the guys we left, and it's not lack of trust in Scott Sloan in any sense, um, or lacking the guys that are left on defense. It's just we cannot rely on them, especially early on in the season, and, and the season doesn't get doesn't do us any favors, doesn't get any easier um, from no. start to finish. It's brutal, um, but... Well, see, that's what I wanted to bring up was it was is do you think that the defense and slacks up a little bit because you know Raymond Johnson, I'm just going to take him as an example, edge guy. Requires two to three he's guys. Yeah, he's 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 just one. Yeah, of those guys requires have. two to three guys to 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 block him to to not be in the quarterback or not stop your run game, um, for the game. It requires at least two guys, if not three, to block him. You know. Do we have somebody that can be that threat or that can sneak up, you know, in 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 
start causing havoc immediately? Or is that going to be something that we're going to have to overcome and say, okay, man, we're, we're, you know, we're not going to have the pressure that we used to have. I think it's going to be overcome until we can break somebody else in because, you know, he, he opened up stuff for the CJ rights of the world and stuff. Right. I mean, like, so, so, so some, well, it's almost going to be like now CJ Wright's going to have to. It's going to. It's be all on him. Side. Like he, he has to one. cause havoc yeah, on the mill to get to spring someone loose on the outside, and you know, yeah. And, and and yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. So all all of that on 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 both lines, you know, they work they work together. So you know, the the better presence you have inside helps outside, vice versa. So like, well, and then we get into linebackers, yes. right? You have Rashad yes. Bird. Obviously, he's trying to make we it lose into the NFL. You you and then Reynard Ellis, now. You can say what you want, how he left, rumors as to why he left, whatever. Regardless, the young man could yep. play football. He could play Again, it very high well. motor, just all over the field. Both of our favorite defensive exactly. players. I mean, we've said it. And like, I yeah. Mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so to, again, you don't know who's are, waiting in the wings. That's the thing. Yeah, is, is exactly. you have, you don't. Is, yeah. Are more Derek Canteens out there? Yes, more Derek Canteens are probably on the roster right now, but we don't know it yet. We didn't know Derek Canteen. Exactly. You know, like like so 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 that's the you know we're we're sitting there talking like how's the secondary going to be? I don't know. You know, we're and we're saying these guys that might end up being kind of the focus of the secondary when all of a sudden Canteen leads the nation in interceptions. You know, and so so yes, we obviously have the talent there, and we have I think both of us, you know, uh, Cody uh, have trust and and Sloan to coach the guys up and get them ready, but obviously easier said than done. You know, they they you know they if they, if they're freshmen, they're sophomores, um, you know they they're they're lacking playing time, they're lacking starts. You know, so it, they, there is going to be that learning curve, there is going to be that adjustment, yeah. And our again, and the schedule doesn't give us any favors. So the offense has no. to step up. The offense has to make that leap early. It just has to. Otherwise, by the time we enter conference play, we could be one and we could be one and two already. Um, entering, uh, you know, September twenty fifth against uh, yeah. Louisiana. Well, see, that's what that's you know that's what I kind of wanted to get at was, you know, I think we all know that Ruse can run an offense. We saw what happened at Louisiana Tech in the bowl game. We kind of saw what happened the last couple of weeks in which he had control of the team or control of the offense. He's had a you know an off season now to start putting in his his philosophy on things, his touch on on the offense. I was thinking about this a couple of weeks ago. The teams that he was going up against in twenty fourteen and twenty fifteen, those defenses are nothing like they are right. today. Those teams, I mean, tell me, can you name to me? four or five coaches from 2014 or 2015 from the Sun Belt back then? I mean, you got, what, Neil Brown, Satterfield, Fritz, uh, and Blake from Anderson. 14 right? and 15 wasn't even Satterfield, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, he was there. Yeah. He was there at okay. 14. Um, Wait. So, but that's really it. You look at oh, the coaching staff yeah, yeah. now in the Sun Belt. Sorry. You look at the coaching, the, the coaching staff now in the Sun Belt, Compared to what it was then, and it's a night and yep. day difference. Now it's it's top to bottom. All of them are good coaches. All of them are good right. coaches. I was thinking Chad. I was thinking I just, Um Why well, he's a no good no no. Coach. When, when mean, you said Satterfield, I, mean, I was thinking Chadwell. Um, oh, oh, but, oh, oh, but yeah, yeah no, I no. I, I I completely agree. Well, I, yeah. My 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 my, yeah. my point is is that to me it's going to be a lot tougher of an assignment to to 
make an impact and mark with this offense than it was in 14 and 15. Um, now you can say the reverse side was we didn't have the scholarship players and all the players that well, we the secrets were, out. I mean, like, like, FCS. yeah, I mean, pe- yeah, people yeah, get exactly. used the to it. Out. Like, yeah. you know, if you're kind of trying to do the same yeah. things and you saw it, like, you sneak up on people, you do it, you know. The, the inside zone read, and you got to have the blocking to do it. I mean, that's the biggest thing. How How is that offensive line? Yes, you know, uh, outside of what Sporting News or whatever said, um, our offensive line is experienced. We only lose one starter, um, you know, but they do have to, you know, un, under the new offensive line coach, um, have to make that stride, make that next step. Um, and open up those holes, and we'll see scheme wise how we might see you know them spread up, uh, spread out, tighten up, probably spread out, um, do the more kind of zone blocking style that we're used to seeing under the you know fourteen fifteen Roos offense, right? And I, I I think you know we'd certainly have the running back arsenal to support that. Um, you give them the holes, they can they can find them and make something happen. Um, but yeah, it's it ultimately it falls on the offensive line. Um, to make this whole thing run, I think, and you know that's that's something that we talked about in the last episode with the you know obviously the offensive staff overhaul that happened you know with with, with the roost, but I mean that that's gonna be a, a big thing you know wide res- new wide receivers coach, uh, new you know uh, running backs coach now and and Upshaw we haven't talked about that um, right so I thought that was interesting. I really did. That I whole that, that whole transgression time. was interesting. Yeah, like how how that whole thing went down. Um, certainly loved it. To, well, I'm not yeah. surprised that the that the coach took the NFL job. Anybody, right. I think, that's a, yeah, that. it's a no brainer. Um, I think yeah, the the switching around. I think you know, if coaches going from here to there, uh, you know, I, part of me was like, I wonder why they didn't put Upshaw as a quarterback right. coach and leave the the individual who was coaching. Um, running backs at the time uh, there and then have Ruse take over tight ends because that's what he did last year. But I guess they want to kind of group the tight end coach with a um, special teams coach or a special teams coordinator. Um, I don't know if maybe that was an emphasis. Maybe that's how they wanted to group it. But I I think it's – I think I, I really like the hire. I really do. I really, I really liked it um, as far as getting – putting – Upshaw back into the program. And I think I think for the things. running back room, I mean, you could argue, you know, obviously he knows he can relate to the position, you know, because I mean, while he played quarterback, you know, he he knows about reading the holes, and I mean, you, I mean, you can't coach speed, but I mean, if if anyone could, it's 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 Upshaw, right? And <laughs> and I mean, I I think I think he knows the offense and he knows Roos, and you know, so I think just trying to find a guy, you know, on short notice, you know, with that whole, that whole you know thing that happened. Um, I, I think that was the right hire, bring him back home. Um, you know, you bring the enthusiasm. That's something that we had in coach Foster. Um, you know, obviously he's, he's a younger guy, but the energy, you know, is, is probably equal, right? I mean, he, he's going to be there. He's going to relate to the players. <clears throat> um, but he also knows offense. He, he knows Roos and he knows, um, you know, how to, to find those holes, what the schemes look like, um, you know, what, what's going to kind of be open. Um, obviously, best 
best practices to, you know, holding, holding the football, running with the football is well accustomed to that, right? So I think it's a good hire, even if he only stays running back coach for a year or two, right? I mean, it's, it's somebody that a lot of people wishes that, you know, Andy Kwan could have moved in, right? You know, he's uh, so like, like, like a guy like that, that, you know, is a smart football mind and, and has, again, a lot of potential, um, you know, as, as a coach, um, bringing in someone like that, that can grow within the program, grow within, you know, their alma mater. Um, I think that's really cool. And I, I do, I, I, I like the hire. I like under the circumstances, I really like that hire. Um, you know, I think with the experience running back room that we have with the JD Kings, um, you know, we don't know what will happen with Wesley Kennedy. We haven't gotten into that. Um, I don't we think probably, we should. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I know that there's some rumors going around, but let's just, I think we should just wait until I something agree. actually I officially. But, but, but even again with, with, uh, with Wright, with Logan Wright, um, with Jalen White, you know, getting a little bit of playing time, showing a little bit um, of, of what he can be uh, last year. You know, we, we've we got the running back room that really, like, you just, you don't got to coach him up that much. You know, <laughs> like, like you they, they really need the motivation. They need, like, some of the, the fundamental stuff, maybe, you know, and, and again, just someone that I understands the offense. Jalen White, I thought Jalen White had a really good yeah. spring game. Wow, he looked. He looked the part of a collegiate running back. I mean, just hard, big, built, downhill running, not afraid to make contact. Just, I mean, you talk. You talk about the most. I depth. Came, we I talked came about it way, last year. That and yeah, you know, we can have that argument for days about about quarterback room and and whether or not. And I, I still would lean um, last year over this year and we'll, we'll see what happens, but, yeah. um, running back, no question. This is the deepest running back class we've ever had last year at the time was, I, a, was the deepest, I think, but this year, no, no doubt it is. I mean, with JD King coming back yeah. from injury, uh, with, you know, the transfer from Tulane, uh, with, you know, re- essentially replacing speed LaRoche, um, you know, with, with them transferring out, you still you got, got Jill green. green. Yeah. Gerald green. About, I know. And that's the about- thing when, when you, when, when he comes up third, and it's no disrespect to him, that's how deep this class is. You know, that's that's how deep the, yeah. the running back room is. So it's 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 not even like a next guy up. It's like we don't have enough footballs. We don't have enough snaps. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I was saying. That with Jalen White, it's almost like, how do you not have him on the field? I mean, he just it just looks. I mean, he just. I, I just I was very impressed with his game. The other night, and that honestly game. ties um, into the quarterback conversation because I think that someone like a Justin Tomlin will benefit from that experience in the depth of the running back room, right? And you could obviously, well, if it's it's less work, it's less than work he has, he has to, do, to right? do. But I mean, obviously, you can say that with our offense with any quarterback. But he's set up for success because I think that will allow him to kind of do what he does best which i think right now is it's is he he's very good at making those reads again i think you could argue that he's possibly better at it than than Wirtz was um of, of making the the pitches and and you know when to keep when to when to pitch fighting those holes making the plays not just kind of relying on the on the plays that break down and and make something of it that we saw a lot from Wirtz. you know that kind of uh Credibility and and uh, you know um, 
improvise. You know, uh, Wirtz knew how to improvise. Yeah. With with Tomlin, you know, we I don't think have to rely on his arm maybe as much. I'm not saying that we're not going to pass ball or anything like that, but I, I, I think that with the running back room we have, we could go... I don't want to say revert, but we, we, we could focus on the run again, you know, do, do kind of what we did against Louisiana tech, run that offense with the running back stable. We have with Tomlin being able to like go to the house at any given moment, if he's given like an inch of space. Right. And we're good. Which was interesting because, because we threw the ball a lot in the spring game. Cause we're testing stuff out and that's spring game. You can't read anything. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, you can't. I, I will say this, though. Um, I liked a lot of what I saw in the spring game. Um, did you have a chance to I watch it? it? Yeah, I, I, I watched the replay okay. on, on ESPN Plus, but I know you were there. All right. So, first of all, the crowd was great. Yep. That was that was the best crowd I've ever seen out of the spring game. Um, it just kind of makes me amp for what's going to happen this fall at Paulson. Um, because if that many people showed up for a spring game, I'm On a Friday sure night. On a rescheduled, yeah, on a Friday night, yeah. So, uh, with that being said, that was fantastic. the The offense itself, I I, I really kind of liked it in terms of uh, there was a lot of short passes, right? A lot of stuff that you and I had discussed last year. Of man, if they could just kind of get like a little short passing game, quick outs, quick hits, four or five yards, just something to keep an offense or secondary a little back on their heels a little bit to open up the run game or to open up holes or to where people can't cheat in yep. as much to where if they're going to, if they're going to put eight in the box and they're going to give us man to man and, and, and 10 yards back coverage, the, then we should take advantage of it and take the four or five yards, get it, boom, and then yep. keep on going. Um, there's a lot of pre-motion, a lot of what appear to be misdirection uh, stuff going on, which I think a lot of people have been asking for wanting to see in this offense. So that seems to be back, which Again, you know, you just sit there and watch it and you're, you know, I couldn't imagine being a defensive guy trying to keep track of my assignments or what I'm supposed to be doing with all, everything kind of going on against this offense. Um, I don't know. I, I, I liked a lot of what I saw, to be honest with you. If in, in Yeah, and I, I think you, you've got to take this, the spring game with a grain of salt. Obviously, they're going to test some things. They're going to try some things. But, yeah, I, I, the, the motion's going to be there the more creativity is going to be there. Um, and you know, whether it's Graham Tomlin or someone else running the offense, I, I think we're going to be just fine. You know, once that person, whoever that is, God forbid, if, if something happens and they go down, then, you know, I, I think you start getting more concerned, you know, but, um, not that the talent's not there. It's just the experience certainly isn't. So, um, you know, losing a four-year starter and where you can't replace a guy like that, um, you're not trying to even replicate it. You're just, you're, you're, you're trying to move on. You're trying to, you know, uh, evolve and, 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 and bring in somebody new to, to, to be, you know, we're not bringing in the next shy words. Tomlin's not words, you know, Upshaw wasn't Ellison. Ellison wasn't Upshaw. Um, words wasn't either one of those guys. Right. So, I mean, you've got to, you got to do kind of your own thing. And I think we're moving in that way. And I think with Roos, with his creativity of the offense, with the running back room, with, four starters returning on the offensive line with guys like Caleb Hood, you know, that's just a playmaker and kind of a that gadget player, that Swiss Army knife guy that we could use, um, you know, in the passing game, even in the running game and short and long passing game. 
uh, kick return even, you know, uh, like uh, we've got the weapons um, to put around whoever it is behind center um, in Roos's offense. I think we can be really successful. And again, we're going to need to be because the schedule is terrible. And, 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 you know, it's, 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 it's just, we, you know, after Gardner Webb, and again, you can never discredit those teams. Um, it's, we go right into it, you know, Florida Atlantic yeah, at, at Florida Atlantic is probably going to be better. Um, what, uh, uh, third year under um under willie right taggart yeah. and then uh you know at arkansas money game chance to pick up our first p5 win or who knows you know we could get blown out of the out of the stadium you know and then you go you go home I, yeah. and here's the other thing too is that with that schedule you have a uh we play troy i think it is on a saturday night at Troy, and then turn right around and play South Alabama, out South Alabama yep. on Thursday. That typically doesn't happen. The Sunbelt tries to keep it as a home and away or away and a home or however that right. flips around. But for some reason this year, they decided not to do that with and us. And the ones we get like that, um, we just have the one weekday game, yeah, um, which is that October 14th game against South Alabama. But the, the teams that normally would be considered – you know, quote unquote, easy games or cupcakes. They're not, they're not, you know, not um, South Alabama. South not Alabama. Well, yeah. Shane Womack coming from Indiana. Like, I mean, you're, you're talking, they're going to be much improved. Texas state's going to be much improved. You know, that defense is good. All they got to do is turn around the offense. Georgia state's going to be good again. Coastal, are they going to be the Cinderella that they were last year? No, but we talked about how easy their schedule is. They, they easily could also go undefeated next year and not be, you know, it'd be half the team that were there, you know, or, or three quarters of the team that they were um, last year, you know, that that's how easy their schedule is. So like, but, but yeah, I mean, they're obviously going to be competitive. We, uh, out of conference face BYU, um, you know, we, we host Arkansas state, uh, you know, Bush Jones, we've got, um, you know, go to Arkansas, like I said, go to FAQ, uh, face Billy Napier and a loaded, literally the same, I mean, the same team, the same team with one more year of experience in Louisiana. You know, and uh, and then and that's our first, um, our our second home game of the year for you know open Sunbelt play um, at home on uh, September twenty fifth, and you know that's those first three games obviously lead in, but that's that's kind of where the season begins, you know, in my eyes, is September twenty fifth against Louisiana. Yeah, I mean, that's I don't know, it's gonna be very tough. It's gonna be very tough. We'll we'll find out. I think very quick who we are against FAU. I think that's gonna be a, a litmus test. Um, in terms if that's of a, if that's a dog fight, whether win or lose, if that's a close game, yeah. Well, they brought in a lot of new coaches now. A lot of probably maybe some some yeah. better coaches, uh, or at least maybe higher profile coaches, right? Um, so that's gonna be that's gonna be I think a litmus test to see. And they've got more quarterbacks too. I saw. Season. You know, they were very they thin kind of last year, and yeah. Um, and then you're right. You know, we start off some belt play against Louisiana. You know, that's you know, we'll find out who we are real quick within those first four games. Um, I mean, geez, it's it's gonna be a gauntlet. Uh, I don't know. This I I looked at kind of Coach Lunchford's. Tenure so far, and I'm thinking to myself, I think this is going to be his tough, maybe his toughest coaching assignment he's had. 
Um, last year was tough just because of COVID and everything that it had to go along with that. And then you look at 17 when he had to take over mid-year and kind of transition the team and, and get it back to at least playing with a confidence that that yeah. our teams are supposed to have. 18 was relatively easy uh, compared to the other schedules. Yeah. It's gotten yeah. it's gotten harder every look year. At 19, it's gotten harder every year. Yeah, you look at yeah you look at 19 and you see the the injuries and obviously the off the field situations and 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 passing of the young man. Um, that year, 2020. I mean, you look at. I mean, this is just. You look at who we have to play and the difficulty of the teams, and you're just like, "Wow! Like this is just not getting any easier for them." Um, so I will I, I lead that in to say that outside of us going like zero and twelve or one and eleven, I think if we're somewhere around five hundred, I think you just got to tip your hat to Coach Lunsford and just say. Job well done, it's, it, and, 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 it, and it goes full circle with like basketball and Brian Burke. Like, yeah. like if you, if you can do five hundred, yeah. then I know that's not what we want to hear. That's certainly not what we want. But I mean, with this schedule, anything above five hundred is going to be incredible. I mean, it, it just is. And and again, yeah. it it could, it could go either way. I mean, are are we saying that nine or ten wins is impossible? No, I mean it is. But man, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to make some strides. We're gonna have to really really work for it. You know, where we're like, yeah, we're really well, yeah. like that maybe doesn't as much. Yeah, we, we, we can't we can't take any Saturdays off for sure. Um, we can't start games slow. We can't do any of this. Like we, we just don't have that luxury. We don't um, with the schedule. Yeah, we have to score points. That's that's the bottom line is we're going to have to score points. We can't. I think we kind of get a little bit. I don't say lucky, but we kind of really really relied on our defense to get us through a lot of games last year. Yeah. We, we're we going to have to score points this year if we want to win. Yep. All right, Cody. So we are approaching two hours <laughs> on the podcast. We are. Um, so I guess let's wrap this thing up. Um, but, man, I still have, like, baseball, yeah, rifle, but, golf. Yeah. We still oh, got a lot to rifle. talk about. Uh, let, me, let me pull up my notes. Um Hey, they no, had they the, did, yeah. They finished second behind North were, Georgia. Yeah. That was the highest SoCon um, rifle score in in uh, conference tournament history, only being being beat by North Georgia, who just happened to have a score of four points higher, yeah. I believe. So, tremendous things going on. The with the, the, rifle the team. program's incredible. Yeah, absolutely out. taking nothing away it from is. them. The the the, the uh, what they've no. been able to do in such a short amount of time is is absolutely remarkable. And all those young ladies are are freshmen or sophomores, so I think the future looks really bright for them. Um, I think golf, men's golf, I think finished day three today in first place of the so or the Sun Belt tournament. I know we had um, the top, we had the top play. medalist, and then we had someone else uh, we, we place did. as well. Yes, Ben Carr got so. top medalist. So, okay, so and then they go into match play to determine the champion. I don't like this format. I, 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 of all the ways that they determine a conference champion, I think men's golf is my most frustrating one because you play for three days and George Southern finished first win by, by like 12 yeah. strokes. And then you're going to tell me that tomorrow is, is really when it counts and that it's just even I, now. Like, I think it was, yeah. yeah, it's just even now. Like, there's no benefit to being first. Like, we don't get like four or five strokes or, whatever i i i think this just there has to be either you leave it at just 
the way that it is, just standard stroke play, just three days or four days of whoever does the best golf, whatever. Or if you're going to have a match play on the fourth day, at least give some sort of advantage to the first, second, and third place teams, right? It shouldn't be on an even scale. There's got to be some benefit to doing, to doing well the first three days. Yeah. With all that being said, go win it. I, I Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen. This podcast will probably be released sometime in the next few days, so obviously we'll know right. the results well, you know, before this. But go win it. You're certainly more than talented, um, and hopefully we'll get to see you all in the NCAAs and, and seeing you all in that. Men's golf is phenomenal. Well, women's oh, golf. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, women's golf. I was going to say women's golf also yeah. finished third in their conference tourney. Um that is another one that is on the rise. It's a new form yep. program, similar to Rifle. Coach just left, I believe, so they'll be looking for a new golf coach. Um, but I think there's a lot of potential and a lot of promise. Women's for that tennis. Team. Um, women's tennis. Awesome. Yes, conference so champions. Cool. Awesome. awesome. That is. Um, that is a phenomenal thing there. So you're you're looking at possibly two conference championships within what a week. Yep. Within a week, so I think there's extra, a, a lot. This is of big people, huge, you know. Th- this is something that we looked yeah, at, where yeah. you know, and and you know, the the Georgia States and the App States and and these other, you know, the conference mates of the world look at us and 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 they say, well, you win at football and that's it, right? And, and but like now we're starting to build these other programs. You know, you you've you've had it's, yep. it's not just football men's basketball and 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 baseball kind of hanging in there and being relevant um it's all these other programs you, you know uh, men's and women's golf tennis rifle you know um you know even heck even like club sports i saw like the clay shooting team you know and like they they yep. won a national championship and cheer, cheer won a national cheer. championship right that's that's it's it's big it all plays upon each other right and and like um, yep. it's, it is, I mean, it, it, it ultimately helps even, I mean, the club stuff, obviously not as much as like the, the NCAA sports, but, um, you can't, you can't have kind of one without the other. You like, you can't drive everything just through football or just through like it. It's, it's not just about the money sports and all that. When you're talking about facilities, when you're talking about getting invited to new conferences, right. If you can present a resume and say rifle champions, women's tennis champions our golf team's phenomenal you know um obviously football's there basketball super improved we just made hypothetically you know the ncaa tournament first time right um baseball yeah. you know is, is is doing great they're on a tear you present that as a resume and not just say our football team is really good it's a really good g5 football team all of a sudden you're you're yep these conferences are looking at you you know that they're looking at the big picture they're not just looking at at the the top three sports you know the big three nope nope you're exactly right so um again big shout out to all all those programs y'all are doing phenomenal things and you're representing the school um very 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 well uh i don't think you're right we're getting close to the two-hour point we're not going to get into our baseball conversation because that will be another yes. hour if we start topic, at it, yes. just like that and if you're if you're be, listening to this and you've made it this long um first kudos to you but like <laughs> if, if, if you if you made it this long uh and and you want to hear us talk about basketball i've opened up a camera we want to hear us talk about baseball um reach out, reach out on social media, let us know. And, uh, and, and we can do that maybe next episode, obviously, um, got some 
maybe do something Someday. after baseball yeah. season, uh, right? Where it's a little, yeah, because that's, that's the thing is obviously the timeliness of it of, of getting these out. Usually, there's a two, three, sometimes a week turnaround or more. Um, you know, from when we record to when we publish. And uh, obviously, I'm I'm coordinating a, co- a cross country move, um, so we will. Uh, yeah, let, let's wait till after the baseball season. But if that, that's something that you're interested in, let us know, and we can definitely fill some of the, um, you know, the dead air, the you know, the, the space that we don't have a lot to talk about in the football world. Maybe we can we can talk about that more. As well as basketball in this. I mean, if you enjoyed it, let us know. If you if you hate it and you don't care, you just want to hear about football, let us know too. I mean, we 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 want, we want that feedback for yeah. sure. So, um, but yeah, with that, yeah, there we could we could have a long conversation could, about baseball. We could, and we'll we'll let we'll let the public decide. We'll let Eagle Nation decide. Well, it, it, here's the thing: oh, for God. those you're gonna, who don't you're going to get us, us on to this be tangent. honest with no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just going to say this. Before Matt and I were huge football fans, we grew up being baseball yep. fans first. So if you want to kind of know about our first love in terms of sports, it yep. was baseball. So I think we have very opinionated thoughts on the baseball program, um, but I'm, I don't want to put it out there because, like I said, once when we start down this road, it literally will be probably for another own. hour about yep. the baseball program. So, yep. so yeah, if you want to hear it, we can do it a bonus episode. We can do, you know, however we want to like structure it, but yeah, we, we definitely can, can spend some time talking about baseball and then wrap in, you know, elaborate more on the other sports, tie in football. So let us know if you want to hear that. Um, but before I guess we get to two hours, um, we will wrap this up. I'll go look for a waffle house in Colorado and, um, <laughs> Yeah, Cody. I mean, it's good to be back at it. Uh, you know, looking forward to season four. Looking forward to the twenty twenty one Georgia Southern season. As 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 difficult as the schedule is, um, you know, I, you know, and obviously with the year that we say, just went through, yeah. I think you know it's safe to say everyone is ready to get back to some sense of normalcy and uh, and, and and get yeah. out there, pack Paulson again, and, and just, you know, whether it's, yeah, whether it's a, f- a five-win season or, or hopefully much better than that, um, you know, we, we'd pack Paulson again, get the full experience and, uh, you know, make it, make it that much easier on our guys and tougher on the opponent, um, you know, to, to for those games. And, um, yeah, just really looking forward to starting the season. Yeah, I, I I agree, and I to me this is this preseason that that, that we're going to come up in, in our episodes coming up at the in middle of summer, however you want to phrase it, is to me going to be the hardest ones. I thought looking at the eighteen was pretty simple. I thought we had the talent there. It was just can we get the is the coaching going to get them turned around? I thought nineteen was not not too difficult preseason. That I think you could kind of look at who we were going to beat and who we could kind of compete with. 2020 obviously that was just a whole crap shoot there you didn't even know if you're going to play games um but nothing too too surprising um obviously just the frustrating with the offense part of it but this year there's a lot of unknowns unknowns. there's a lot of great teams there's a lot of tough teams that we play so i'm gonna just kind of say this that as we start to kind of prep and get into this um i'm very excited about the challenge of kind of looking at this season for looking at this 2021 season and saying 
wow, this this is kind of why we jumped up to this level, right? It's, embrace, to, it's to kind of get em, to this level competition. Is the kind of word that comes yeah. to mind, right? Just embrace it. Yeah. Like this, this is the like yeah. put up, put up or shut up season. I mean, I, you know, it is. I mean, it I think is. we'll get more into that later, but to me, I mean, it's, well, you know, we're talking about the Bill Connollys of the world and all this and, you know, five wins and that's, but for me, I mean, and it, of course every year and every coach is going to tell you that every player is going to tell you that winning the, the conference championship, that's the goal. Um, we haven't done it since 2014, haven't done it since it split into divisions. Um, that's still the goal. Um, for me, it's, it, it's, it's do or die. It's put it up or shut up. I mean, that, that's, that's it. I mean, as tough as the season is as tough as the schedule is, uh, n- there's no excuses. You know, like you just got to find a way, you got to embrace the challenge and you gotta, you gotta tackle it. I mean, that's, that's, that's it, you know? So I, I, I hope from quarterback position, running back room, you know, uh, King bounce back from injuries to what happens with the defense of replacing those holes that are left. And, uh, you know, what happens with things like those, those, uh, weird positions like long snapper and all that, like figure it out and, and move on and no excuses. And yeah, we're picked last. Let's prove everybody wrong and let's go out and win this thing. Like that's, that's what this is. And we've done it before. We can do it again. Um, so, I mean, hopefully that gets people a little bit motivated. Um, but, but, yeah. you know, it, it is, I mean, it, the, the, this is the way I want it. I don't, I don't want like as, 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 as tough it is to sit here and, and stare at it on, on my monitor. Um, this is the type of, to your point, this is the type of schedule and gauntlet that we wanted, that we expected when we moved up, we want to host BYU. Yep. We want to play you know, a ranked Coastal Carolina team, a ranked Louisiana team, um, Arkansas State on the road, a, a good FAU team on the road, good Troy, South Alabama team on the road. Um, you know, yeah. uh, the, the ability to face possibly four, realistically four ranked opponents um, this year in App, BYU, Louisiana, um, and Coastal, and, and, and who knows, possibly more. I mean, it, you know, it, it could be four to five. Yeah which we'd never seen before. And and we could possibly host, you know, a, a non-conference ranked team at BYU. Yeah, losing Zach Wilson, I get it. You know, are they going to be the same team? Who knows? But they could. They got a really good coach. So, you know, and so they I mean, do. it's this is what this is why we this is why we went to this level. This, this is This is why we did it. So, this so is, get excited, yep. embrace the challenge, fans, players, coaches, everybody, and let's get after it. Yep. GATA and Hail Southern Cody. Hey, also there, Matt. Thank you for listening to Gotta Talk. Be sure to visit our website, gottatalk.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Gotta Talk Podcast for more news and coverage of Georgia Southern football. Reach out with questions, share your thoughts or suggest topics on our social media channels or by emailing us at gatatalkpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, Eagle Nation, Gata and Hail Southern.